When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. This is a special edition of the Aggies All the Way podcast as we count you down to the start of the 2023 season with a look back at some of the biggest wins, dramatic endings, and incredible individual performances of Utah State football since 2017. Catches it into the end zone. Touchdown, Utah State. Now here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerard. And welcome in. It's another edition of the Aggies All the Way podcast, a special edition of the show as we continue to count down the top 10 football games since 2017 as we get ready for the start of the 2023 season. As we reach the midway point of this 10-week series, remember, you can always catch up with any of our previous shows by searching Aggies All the Way on your podcasting platform of choice. And now, here's number six. In our first podcast of this series, we took a look back at Utah State's win over BYU in 2017. Today, we focus on the rematch the following year in Provo, October 5th, 2018. After a heart-wrenching loss to open the year at Michigan State, Utah State had reeled off three dominating wins in a row, averaging 58 points a game in each of those three wins. The Aggie offense was certainly rolling at this point, and we're looking to pick up back-to-back wins against BYU for the first time since 1974. But BYU was also an improved team from 2017, already claiming road victories against Arizona and Wisconsin during the early part of their season, and were not particularly interested in losing back-to-back games to their rivals. 
And despite Utah State's early success and the dominating play of their offense, there were still some doubters about the overall quality of this team. And that was something head coach Matt Wells knew his team was keenly aware of and not particularly happy about. There was enough outside noise for us and, and maybe some of it was created by me, but we had a little chip on our shoulder. I mean, that was a little bit of what we called our, that was kind of our coming out game because that was going to be Friday night, ESPN, and who who are we really going to be and chance to show the, the state and, and the country on national TV who we really are. And I think we felt slighted a little bit. I, we were extremely motivated and especially to win back-to-back games um, in that in the rivalry because the wagon wheel was a, I mean, you know me, it doesn't take much to get me going on the wagon wheel. That thing belongs in Logan. Even though some on the outside may have had some doubts about Utah State, quarterback Jordan Love and the rest of that Aggie locker room was extremely confident as they felt they had the better team going into that showdown against BYU and Provo. Yeah, the vibe of the team, I mean, we're definitely a confident bunch that whole season. Um, we knew we had a really good talent on both sides of the ball but going into Provo was that was another big test for us because you know it's obviously Utah State BYU is a huge rivalry and uh, you know we won the previous year before that at home so going back down there um, was going to be a good test for us going and playing in their stadium Um, they were also a really good team that year and it was an exciting game and I I remember the stadium was packed out before the game and warm up and it was just a a really cool environment and uh, I know everyone on that field was really confident that we were going to do what we had to do out there. Even as a California native, it didn't take long for Jordan Love to show up on campus in Logan and realize that the games against BYU just felt a little different. Being in Utah State, you get a lot of players that are from Utah, the city of Utah. Um, BYU also has a lot of players that are from the city of Utah. So those guys have been playing against each other or playing with each other for a long time. So they know each other. Um, so that rivalry kind of starts. I feel like at a younger level for them, and they go to college and kind of carry it on. Um, and then obviously for guys that come out of the state, you, you get brought in that environment quick of how, how big a rivalry that those games are. The Utah State-BYU rivalry also hits a little different for former Aggie head coach Matt Wells, who also faced BYU as a player for the Aggies. And while his playing time may have been limited back in 1994, he had fond memories about the Aggies' 58-56 win over BYU 24 years prior. Yeah, I did a great job on the sidelines uh, backing up Anthony Calvillo. I had the clipboard. Like, I think I wrote down like 100 plays that day. Um, Yeah, I did not play. I had a hat on, uh, but I was there in Logan. That was awesome, man. Tore down the goalpost, and that was pretty cool. Anthony played great that night. As the game began, both teams exchanged punts on their first possession, but on their second drive, BYU started to move the ball, but eventually faced a fourth and one inside the Aggie 40. The Cougars opted to go for it on fourth down, and Utah State and Tipa Nalii were ready. Man in motion to the outside, eye formation. Mangum waiting. This time, fakes the handoff, wants to throw. Intercepted by Utah State. Here we go. To the 50, to the 40, to the 35, 30, 20, 10, 5. Tipa Nalii holds up the ball and says, that is a Utah State touchdown. Interception by the Aggies on fourth and one, as Nolly I saw all along where that play was going. They ran a little power pass, came right at him with the running back, and Tipa comes up and, and jumps up there and, and picks six and and scores. It was, you know, you want to talk about taking the air out of the crowd. Huge play uh, by number 10. 
and um, that was a huge uh, boost early in the game. Oh man, we were pumped up, and that was going to be a big play. You know, obviously they get that, they're rolling and go down and possibly score, um, and then to get that stop, and then for Tiba to pick that ball up and go all the way and score, um, and do his dance that he did all the way to the end zone, that was... Man, we were rocking after that. That's when we knew it was going to be a good game. The interception and the touchdown bolstered the Aggie defense and rattled BYU's offense as the Cougars would go three and out on their next possession. That confidence from the defense would then bleed over to the offense as Jordan Love would lead the Aggies on an 11-play drive that would take them to a fourth and goal from the BYU two. And while BYU faced disaster earlier in the game on their fourth down attempt, Jordan Love would find a way to improvise to make sure the Aggies cashed in on the score. Empty backfield, nobody next to Love. Brings one man in motion, it's Bright. Fake the handoff to Bright. Love has got a scramble, he throws it all the way to the other side of the field. Bright catches it for a touchdown. Nobody saw Bright go to the far side of the field and the Aggies are now up 13 to nothing with an extra point still to come. That was not designed. It was, but it wasn't. Gerald Bright was like the legit fourth or fifth option on that play. Um, And he literally went through his entire progression and then knew that the the next to last progression, the backside safety had grabbed the the over route and to have enough wherewithal to stick his cleats in the ground and throw backside shows you how special as a young player that Jordan had become up until that point. That's the thing is for him to go through his progression and, and do it in the moment, fourth down, in, in that environment, uh, special play. That was the first time I actually ever threw the running back the ball because, you know, Gerald makes the fake with me and then he just kind of uh, fades off to the left. Um, and he's usually not even thinking that the ball's coming to him. Um, he's like literally the last option on that play. And like I said, it usually never goes back to him. The credit to BYU, they, they covered the play pretty well um, on the front side. and. Uh, I was able to have time, you know, the online blocked it up nice. I was able to have time to just fall back and, and see G. Bryant sitting back there wide open in the end zone and just throw him a lollipop pass. And, and I always tell people, those are the tough catches when it's an easy one. You're wide open in the end zone and the ball is just floating in the air. He, he made a great play, and that, that was a that was a big-time play for us in that game. With Utah State now leading by two touchdowns, the Aggie defense would continue to feast, forcing another turnover on the Cougars' next possession thanks to David Woodward, Chase Christiansen, and the replay official. BYU with the ball, their own 38-yard line. Mangum gets some pressure, throws to the middle of the field to El Bakary, who fumbles the ball. It's on the turf and will make its way out of bounds. But let's see if a Utah State player got it first. And they say no. No, they're going to mark it but out. But it will be a loss of about three to about the 36-yard line. Rolling in the field is a fumble out of bounds. It'll be third down. Wow. And David Woodward came up and made the hit. Oh, he's in bounds. I think he might be in bounds. Got to review this one. Here we go. It's a big one, folks. After further review, the fumble was recovered inbounds by a member of Utah State. It will be Utah State's first ball, first and 10 at the 35-yard line. We had a very aggressive defense that year, though. We were getting a lot of turnovers every game. I mean, you could expect, you'd go to the sideline of offense, and we were all ready because you'd be expecting to get the ball back so quick. Like I said, they were so aggressive. There were some ball hawks over there. We had some guys, man, and, and some dudes that just they loved each other. I mean, those guys, I, I think, you know, were all kind of a little bit bent. They uh, were tremendous leaders, uh, really good players that just gelled together, man. We both offense and defense, and, um, and we got on a roll, and what a fun year. 
All the momentum in this game was on the Utah State sideline as once again, Jordan Love would find the end zone, throwing a strike to Ronquavian Tarver. Second and goal from the six. Tarver down by himself to the near side. Love waiting for the snap. Fakes the handoff. Throws to the middle of the field. Cut! Ronquavian Tarver juggled it and brings it in. And Utah State up 20 to nothing with an extra point. Ronquavian Tarver's first score of 2018. And the Aggies are rolling in Provo. Uh, the slant to Tarver in the corner right there by the visitor's locker room as we go in there up that ramp. Great job by Jordan Love, first of all. They they kind of tilted the coverage to the three receivers to the field. He looked the safety off, kind of froze him. And Tarver won on a three-step slant and, and beat the corner and good catch, throw and catch right there. Tarver's a competitive dude, man. You know, all the years I was at Utah State in eight years, we brought Florida, every Florida kid we brought in was a competitive, competitive dude. Dude loved to practice, he loved to compete. Uh, I think, you know, by the time he got to be a little older, was able to control that that rage a little bit um, and have it under control in a game. But he's just so big and he's so strong and he had really good hands. And, had a really tough mindset, kind of had a hard edge to him. But the Cougars weren't about to go away easily and finally got their offense moving as Tanner Mangum led BYU on a long 88-yard drive to finally pick up their first score of the game. First and goal, Mangum shifting players to the right side. Katoa directly behind him. Takes the sweep, rolls out to the right, looking for Katoa, dumps it down, he'll walk into the end zone, touchdown BYU. No flags on the play. BYU with their first score of the game. And the BYU crowd here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium comes to life. And as the first half came to an end, BYU had a chance to cut into the USU lead once again, lining up for a 42-yard field goal on the final play of the half. Aggies loading up the line. Four seconds left. Southam lining up. Hold is down. Kick is up. And it is no good. Oh. Missed it right. And the Aggies get off the field, leading 21-7 and take a little momentum off the field. You go to halftime and everyone just, the message is clear. You know, don't, let the, don't let your foot off the gas. Just keep going because those are the ones you can easily go into halftime thinking, you know, we got this one in the bag. And then you come out flat in the second half and the other team puts up points quickly and then it's a ball game again. So uh, the message was just keep doing what we're doing. We were trying to, we were trying to put up as many points as we can especially being at, at BYU at the home game for them. We were trying to literally empty that stadium out and quiet it. Um, so that was the message, just keep doing what we're doing. Now, to be honest, even though BYU missed that field goal to end the second half, there were some in that stadium that thought that BYU had withstood those Utah State haymakers in the first half and were poised to make a comeback against their rival. But the Aggies would shut the door on that notion quickly as the Aggies would go 81 yards on 10 plays in the first drive of the second half and push the lead right back to three scores. Love waiting for the snap. Fakes the handoff, rolls to the right, runs the slant, caught! Into the end zone, touchdown, Utah State. Jalen Green on the reception. What an answer by Utah State after BYU had to look to gain momentum at the end of the second quarter. The Aggies go on a long drive, score a touchdown on the first drive of the third quarter. That was a big play. That was a check by Jordan that he made. And and they brought pressure, and, and J.G. made a great move on the corner and, and caught the slant there in the back of the – that was a big play early, too. Once we started putting up points in a hurry and got up on people, we should, we should be out there having fun, going as fast as we can. Um, but that game especially, you know, you come out halftime, like you said, put a long drive together, pretty much do exactly what you were doing in the first half. That kind of drains the other team as well you when know, they come out and – get scored on that quickly. It's like, all right, here we go again. Utah State was now dominating in every fashion of this game, and after forcing yet another punt, 
Jordan Love would go on to throw his fourth touchdown of the game, finding Ron Quavian Tarver for his second score. Love in shotgun. Thompson to the left. Aggies have been perfect in the red zone scoring touchdowns. Jordan Love barks for the snap, drops back, throws, wanting the fade to Tarver. It's up. It's caught. Is he in? Yes. Touchdown, Utah State. Those are the fun ones. Those are the ones you kind of just, you just put it up there um, and let your receiver go up and we like caught ducking on the on the DB, and he went up and uh, made a nice catch right there on top. Got his toes in bounds. It was I threw it a little bit farther than I wanted to, but that was an exciting play. That you know, I, I mean, we did a lot of those all year. Just you know, if we got Ron Quavo and just one one on one, we were throwing that bad boy to him. The Cougars were able to tack on another touchdown in the third quarter and got the ball back to try to cut it back to a two possession game. But that's when John Trell Rockmore stepped in and essentially ended any chance BYU had to get back in this game. Second and 10 for BYU. Two receivers on the far side. Most likely the last play of the third quarter. Another blitz by Rockmore. Fumble. It's down on the ground. Rockmore's got it. Strip sack by Rockmore. Forces the fumble, and Rockmore gets it. The first sack for the Utah State defense couldn't come at a better time. John Trell Rockmore forces the sack, forces the fumble, and recovers it. Again, BYU was on the, on the, on the, on the move of trying to you know, get back into the game. And when I had that, once I grabbed him uh, and spun him, I just immediately saw the ball grow down. And I was like, okay, yeah, this isn't one of those uh, scoop and score moments. This is jump on it, get on it, let's, let's get him off the field. But the minute that happened, the whole, the whole crowd went quiet. And our defense just, just was filled with life because we just knew at that moment they weren't, they weren't better than us. They, they, they couldn't do anything that we weren't prepared for. I was just able to, you know, capitalize on a really good play. It was one of the turning points in the game and a huge momentum shift. I mean, bottom line is it took the air out of the stadium. Rock looked like the old, um, that old board game, Scotty, the hungry hippo. You're laying there and, you know, you stick out and you're like, grab it, bring it back, hungry hippo. This game would feature so many great performances that night, but nobody would shine more than Jordan Love, who, on the following possession, would cap off the Aggie flurry of touchdowns by adding one of his own on the ground, even if it did come with a penalty. Three receivers in the near. Love keeps it himself into the end zone, walking, standing, and that is a Utah State touchdown as the Aggies have broken 40 points in the game, leading 41-13 over BYU in front of a stunned Cougar crowd. I mean, that that, that crowd was silent. It was fun to be able to go over there and put that finish touchdown, obviously. I got a I got a flag on that penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct, which Coach Wells was not too happy about when I went over on the sideline. But it, it was fun just to be able to do that in that moment. One of those plays that I'll never I'll never forget about right there. Cherish the rest of my life. And that was a silly call. I mean, when you I mean, he wasn't mocking and doing anything to any player. That that's silly. That's a that's a referee taking a call into his. Um, in, in, in his space and trying to make the game about him now as a ref, and that was silly. And, I, you know, I just told Jordan, don't do that again, please. The Aggies would eventually tack on one more score, a Dominique Everly field goal, and the game at that point was done, even though the Aggies would eventually give up one late touchdown to BYU, something that Aggie defensive coordinator Keith Patterson apparently wasn't too pleased about. I'm going to tell you, there were a lot of pissed-off people on the sidelines on the last touchdown, too, because we were playing as hard as we could at the end, especially, you know, Keith. I remember how Keith was so, so pissed, and I remember having to say something like, hey, big dog, we just won in Provo, all right? You know, but, yeah. Um, you know, guys, that was just, that was that team. And um, they wanted, they played hard to the end, and um, 
what a what a win. And I think even with that late score, I think it was maybe our largest margin of victory in, I don't know, like 50 years. Yeah. Not that I knew that, but yes, I did. For the first time since 1974, Utah State has back-to-back wins over BYU in an emphatic, dominating performance at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Final score, Utah State 45 BYU 20. Aggies improved to 4-1 on the season that will hold on to the old wagon wheel for at least one more year. Going into the game, we had built that up that, hey, you know, there's people out there still questioning this team. Came in with a little bit of a chip on our shoulder and, and to win on the road against a really good team and a really good opponent on in their stadium. Yeah, I think that gave us a confidence boost and I mean, we we ripped right through the month of October right after that. But that was um, that was a good weekend. That was a good celebration in that locker room. Darius Rucker's song played again that night, loud as we could humanly play it. And we got pictures of that that locker room. Gage Ferguson and Quinn Thicklin and John Charles Rockmore and those guys right there next to me. And uh, Roman Andrews, a couple of the old linemen, Sean Taylor. Uh, I got We have that picture framed. That's a... That's a big time one. Man, it was, it was a party in the locker room after that. Uh, like you said, that, that was a trophy game for us. Get that wagon wheel. Um, we had it the previous year, so to be able to hold on to that, uh, it was fun. It was a party in that locker room. And I remember doing an interview with uh, me and Quinn Fickland after, obviously, you know, Quinn came from BYU, transferred there to Utah State. That rivalry was a little bit more special for him as well. Um, being there, being able to go back and, and beat them in their place. Um, and we had a we had an interview after, and it was fun doing that interview with him because he's he's a character. Um, and he'd always have some fun responses to those uh, interview questions. So, uh, but you know, after that interview, going back in that locker room, and it's everybody still celebrating, still partying up. It was a it was a good uh, made that drive a little bit more fun on the way back. You know, sometimes as a coach, and I, I don't know if every coach is in this um, state of mind, but. I hate to lose so much more than I love to win, Um, but those BYU wins taste a whole lot better. After beating BYU, the 2018 Aggies would put together six more wins in a row. And thanks to Jordan Love and that high-flying Aggie offense, Utah State would set all-time scoring records, not only in USU history, but the Mountain West Conference overall, finishing off the year nationally ranked and 11-2 overall. Certainly a season that'll never be forgotten. And there we are. We just hit our halfway point in our 10-week series. Five down and five to go. Remember, a new podcast will post every Wednesday as we'll announce number five in our countdown next week as we take a closer look on one of the biggest games in the 2021 season. Thanks again for listening. And if you missed any of our prior podcasts, make sure to catch up with the entire series by searching Aggies All The Way on whatever podcasting platform you prefer. And make sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. I'm Scott Gerard, and you've been listening to the Aggies All The Way podcast from Learfield. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.